top, 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 top of the morning to you. This is your girl, Fabulous Frida, always your host, here to bring you the most of WDGS on your podcast station. And today, 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 oh my, 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 what the spirit has to say. You know what's amazing about the spirit? It is that place of thought. It is that place of thought. Let me repeat that. It is that place of thought. Your spirit is activated by the thought process. Your spirit is activated by the heart. The heart and the mind are the souls of your spirit. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. Listen to me today, 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 when I was awakened, this is what the Spirit had for me to say. Because I've been processing some things. And it said this common quote that a lot of people really should think on. Believe none of what you hear and half of what you see. I wonder if you've ever heard that phrase. But when I was growing up as a young girl, this was the phrase that they would quote to avoid worrying about your man. That's right. Now, I don't know what they said to men, but I know what they used to say to us young ladies. When we talked about, we thought we caught them in the wrong. Or more than anything, what somebody said. What somebody told us. So the older, more seasoned and mature women would sit us down and say, listen, baby. Believe none of what you hear and half of what you see. Now they had, I think, these cliches because this is what they lived off to sustain their marital relationships. And if you recall, I think next to the last podcast, I said I was going to talk to you about relationship, but more than anything about marriage. I came to discover that there are many people more now than in my history, and I have to say my history of living, that appears to avoid marital vows than they used to. And I think it's because they don't understand their relationship with God. And I know with me, and I've been married to to two different men, but this is the thing. Marriage became a commitment in my walk with God. And this is why I find it very perplexing when a person shares to me their devoted love to God, but yet they are adulterous, yet they are fundicators. What's the difference? One is considered married and one is considered unmarried, and they engage in sexual intercourse with someone else. But I recently had someone say to me last week that they were in a teaching from a young lady And the young lady said that many, many of us commit adultery, not only because we are married. People who are married commit adultery without sleeping with someone else because they're sleeping with a man that God did not mandate and order them to marry. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that because when they said that, I said, oh, that's good. That's good because so oftentimes we marry for reasons that have nothing to do with consulting God. And so when she said that, I said, "Mm, I like that because I know that's why I yet am not married. Because even in my other two marriages, I did not marry the men that God wanted me to marry. I married the men who wanted to marry me. Hello. I actually didn't even want to marry either one of them. Now, I enjoyed the time we spent. You know, sometimes we enjoy spending time with people. And that does not mean that they are our divine mate. That's what I always say. I'm I'm waiting on my divine mate. 
That means the man that God has mandated for me. And when we get centralized on that particular concept of divine, I mean, this is the man that God predestined for me to marry when he predestined me to this earth. And so oftentimes we're not ready. So what I walked away from my experience of my first two marriages is that I was with them. See, God can turn anything around for our good because I needed to go through preparation. There were many qualities that I possess of a wife duty, but my conduct and character, oh God help me today, did not coincide with the conduct and character of what we like to quote unquote and say a queen. Hello. I wasn't always acting like the queen. I was just acting like a female. I wasn't even acting like a woman. So I want to talk to you a little bit today. As the spirit have given me utterance about the word thought. See, when we start processing our thoughts, this is how we understand the commitment to anything, not just marriage, but to just keeping your word, to just honoring your own words. And I feel one word that a lot of people cannot honor because they've never been taught, and that's love. Because we are taught that love is indicative to an emotion of our feelings, which equals our flesh. And whatever our flesh dictates for us to do concerning that word, we'll tend to act it out. But love is not a fleshly word. And I know many people who follow me on my podcast for years, they probably been confused when I said love has nothing to do with feelings. That means it has nothing to do with the flesh. Love is a spirit word. And in order to understand that spirit word, that means you must understand your heart and your thoughts. Again, your heart and your thoughts determines the type of spirit that you carry. And when we start studying the Bible, see, the Bible is the instructional tool along with thousands of books that have been printed. They are instructional tools, but the Bible we reverence in a religious arena because it was given under the authority of God by the people that are noted in the Bible. I hope somebody grabbed that. The people who wrote the Bible were human beings just like you and I. The difference with those people historically recorded data is that they were in a place with God. And I'm a firm believer any good book that teach you how to love sincerely, that teach you how to forgive sincerely, that teach you not to hate, that teach you not to harbor, to teach you not to envy, be jealous, be strifeful, to be a busybody. I I mean, all of these things can be taught to us and I believe we can still make it into heaven. The only difference between many, many, many religions that separates Christianity is that we believe in God's omnipresent power to send a person, which is Jesus, in the form of the flesh to show us a living example. And this is why Jesus is reverence. It is the only recorded human being that ever walked this earth with eyewitnesses to commit no sin. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed it. And so when I hear people say stuff like, nobody's perfect or everybody make mistakes, true. But if you if you ever use the name Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that means that you recognize and realize that he is an advocate on our behalf as sinners because he came in the form of the flesh to save us from our sins. Now, I know I'm probably pouring out quite a bit, but the reason I'm doing this is because it's time to change your thoughts. 
And if you begin working on filtering your thoughts, you will start beginning to filter words that people say. And sometimes when people say words, all that do is let me know the type of heart and thought process that they have. Because the Bible said by our words, we are justified. Now, I'm a firm, bold believer that I follow after the instructions of the Bible because it has sustained me. It has matured me. It has taught me how to love those that hate me. It has taught me how to pray for those who wrongfully persecute me. It has taught me how to bless people who did not even embrace me. People who I know rejected me. This is what the Bible has done. It has made me, in my simplicity, a better human being than what I used to be. So if I can take this Bible and become a better person by following these instructions that Jesus taught. See, there was a lot of things and it's a whole nother teaching in the diversities of why we have the combination of the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is a little bit more perplexed to me for people to understand because you have to really study You cannot just take the Old Testament and read. You must study. And this is what Jesus came on the scene to implement. He said, I did not come to abolish the law, but through me, through my living example, that the law may be fulfilled. And in doing that, you must, in the New Testament, it says study to show thyself approved. It became more important to move past reading the Bible and studying the Bible. This morning, when I was in my thought process on commitment and marriage, Listen to me. There are benefits from being married, even based upon the laws of the land. And I was sharing with a young lady last night, and I said the benefit of the law of the land, if you're with a man for 10 years and you have not married that man, and something happened, or or woman, and something happened to either or, You will not be entitled to what the government says is widow's pension. You're not entitled to that. There are benefits from being married even by the laws of the land. That means whatever that man has worked for for years and years while you were just sitting there playing the much right woman. And what that means when I tell people, whoever you're with are the much right man. Trust me, if you're not bound by the laws of the land with the documentation to support that marriage, uh, what they call a marriage certificate, then they just as much right to the next woman as they are to you. That man is just as much right to the to the next woman as he is to you. You have no marriage certificate to solidify that you have any type of rank. If that man have something happen to him and he have to a woman, vice versa, be hospitalized and decisions have to be made. If you're not married, you could have lived with him for 20 years. You have no authority. I know now in modern day time, they have this word partner and it can get you into a few doors. But when it comes to social security, that's not acknowledged. That's why even the people in the LGBTQ community realize that with that marriage certificate, if they're going to commit to a person for that long, they want to be able to receive benefits in the event something happened to that person. Now, granted, Social Security rules and laws, just like the military rules and laws, you must be at least married in that committed relationship for 10 years or more. If you've been sitting in a relationship with anybody unmarried for 10 years or more, you're not entitled 
It's like you got to start over at the drawing board. Even if you get married on the 11th year, you got to go nine more years or 10 more years to be considered eligible. And this is the thing why I believe once that rule became effective in my time of being raised, a lot of people knew the benefits of that. You have no benefits from the government. They One time they did recognize what was called common law. Now, I don't know back then if Social Security awarded common law marriages, but that's been abolished. So that doesn't exist anymore. You have to actually have a marriage certificate. You can say whatever you want to each other, but that does not go on record with Social Security. It's the same way with working. You can work all you want, as they say, under the table. If it does not register with Social Security, when you reach retirement age, you will not have any money to draw from if you never had a job on top of the table. You cannot draw what you don't put in it. And that's the part about commitment. Commitment is more than marriage. It's committing to a job. It's committing to stability. And you can, you, I mean, and listen to me, people. If you pay attention to the pattern of people's lives, you can determine who will and won't commit. Trust me, singlets, okay? Hello. When men see women single so long, and vice versa, because us women looking at it now, like, why are you single this long? I mean, you've never made the commitment of marriage. Marriage is not a death sentence. If you marry the wrong person, they have was called a divorcement. That was issued back in the Old Testament days when the king was married to Vestite. And he set out a decree that if any man was married to a woman with a spirit like a Vestite woman, then they were given the ability to divorce. Divorce was executed way before the New Testament, what people read now. So back again, that's why I say it can, it can go into some real deep historical study coming out of my brain. But this is why Jesus, again, he taught, he discipled people to carry on the same type of work he was doing. Listen, we didn't come to abolish this law, but we came that the law could be fulfilled. So even when Paul began to write, and he writes about marriages, he even talks about it. But listen, for the sake of peace, Paul writes, and if I'm not mistaken, it's in 1 Corinthians, not 1 Corinthians, yeah, it may be 1 Corinthians chapter 6 or 7. I, I look it up and, if, and, and drop it in my description box. But Paul writes, for the sake of peace, I permitted, well, God permitted divorce. Because more than anything, God wants us to live peacefully among one another. When you identify people who operate in peacemaking instead of peacebreaking, hello, I say they are children of God. The word of God says it. Let me correct myself. Jesus taught that in his first sermon on the mount. He said, blessed are the peacemakers because they shall be called the children of God. And when you see people who elect to make peace instead of break peace, then that gives you an indication of the type of spirit that they carry. Now back to the commitment of marriage. I want to share with you three rules. I've already quoted rule number one, but I want to quote it again. And y'all know sometimes you have to bear with me. I may misquote something in a name or, or a scripture because I be freestyling. And that's mean I'm not, I'm not reading a script. I'm just speaking as the spirit gives me utterance to sit before you and say every word that's coming out of my mouth. Now, when you rule number one. Believe none of what you hear and half of what you see. And when it talks about believing half of what you see, because sometimes we see things and it appears to be one way, but it's actually not that way. And when it talks about none of what you hear, it means hearsay. 
hearsay. That means third party. That means somebody else said it and you repeating it. Hello. Now, if you hearing it and it comes directly, as we could say, from the horse's mouth, then that's a person telling on their own self. And if they tell you the truth or if they tell you a lie, that's their lie and that's their truth. And the scripture clearly says all liars have their place in the lake of fire. So we don't have to wrestle against lying tongues. You don't have to fall out with a person who lied to you. You don't have to speak death over a person who lied to you. Lying is not a death sentence that human beings execute because somebody lied on you. You should not want to hurt somebody because they lied on you. You should not want to wheel somebody dead because they lied on you. I'm just saying, when you understand scripture, oh God, help me today. God has already given instructions for liars. So we don't need to, to, to say anything against liars because we have to be mindful. The Bible said by our words, we are justified and by our words, we are condemned. And I think it's really a condemnation for any person to speak somebody should fall dead because they told lies or because they tell lies because God has already executed the judgment for those individuals. So therefore, we have to be mindful of how we execute words in our sentence. That's why I'm I'm a firm believer that I am a word person. Because by our words, I'm going to repeat that, we are justified. And by our words, we are condemned. What does that mean? Justified means that we, we don't have to thin and prove anything. That's why sometimes I listen to people. If you got if you need a cosigner, you gotta call somebody to ask somebody to repeat what you said. If you gotta, if you gotta uh forward a text message to prove your own words, that means you, you're not justified by your own words. Because you're seeking a cosign or somebody to back up what you said. Or you got to constantly. Have you ever been talking to somebody that they got to constantly, repeatedly defend, 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 defend their own words? If you said it, stick with that. If you said it in error, apologize and keep it moving. Or uh, don't apologize if you don't choose to. But none of us needs to validate ourselves through repetitiveness of of, of repeating what you say and who you know you are. I'm not defending myself because God is my defense and my defender. I'm going to let my word be my bond if I said it, even if I said it out of order. You know, I, I, I say I'm sorry. But if I'm speaking the truth concerning my own personal experience, I don't need to defend myself concerning that. So you have to listen and be watchful of words and conduct and character. But when the words say by our words, we are justified. That's why I boldly say what I say. Because I know I'm going to be justified by every word. So I have to be a word person and mind my words. And I'm not going to twist them to fit me. Instead of, because that's the time I need to back back and say, oh, well, wait a minute. Well, I apologize because that's not what I meant. Or no, let me clarify myself because you heard me wrong. And there are people we're back to, that's why you have to believe. Sometimes none of what you hear third party and and half of what you see. And so when somebody indicates to me what they heard, then I know that's a third party conversation. And when I hear that, I know that this person is only repeating what they heard somebody else said. And God knows who they're repeating it from. Therefore, I don't need to go into a, a repetitive defense for myself. Because they first have acknowledged they heard it. So once they tell me that, then my thought process is, okay, well, I don't have to take this to heart. I'm just listening. Because they already acknowledge they heard. 
And see, when you hear people say, well, I heard, that's the time your thought process can decide that you don't want to receive or believe was third party. If you know for yourself, it's not applicable to you, is what I'm saying. So that's the key golden rule to mastering maturity of thoughts. You have to filter and process. You have to listen attentively. When we talk about thoughts, excuse me, I should have got me a little bottle of water. When you talk about thoughts, and these thoughts make a major difference in why and why people do not get married. Because I think oftentimes they don't understand what commitment means. If you're going to commit to a man to live with you, wash his clothes, cook his food, and listen, and this can go both ways. When oftentimes, just let me just point this out. When I say men, that's because I'm a female first and foremost and only. And and I'm using speaking from a, a perspective of self, self-perspective. But this rule is across the board. It's vice versa. So I'm not picking on men and I'm not picking out women. I'm just using personal perspective from myself. Okay. When I'm in a relationship with someone before I, and maybe this will help people out if I make it by myself, before I cook and I wash and I clean and I, I got my little phrase. Before I execute being the maid, the mama, and the monkey, we're going to need some marriage certificates. I'm just saying. When you start out in a relationship, yes, you'll do it for a while. But to do it year after 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 year. Have I got to 10 yet? That's not happening. Not for Alfreda. Because, see, I know the benefits of that commitment relationship. Now, trust me, I've matured since my first and second person of marriage. Now, it's not just about the commitment as much as it is about equally yoked. I've loved married life from the very beginning of being old enough to be married. And I tell you why. Because that was the order of wisdom from God Almighty in the beginning. If God understood that Adam needed a help me, oh God, help me today. That means God never intended for us to live single. Hello. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. And so when all the singlets, women be saying, well, I don't need no husband. Wait a minute. So you, your wisdom is better than God's? Because God said that Adam needed a help meet. Now, here is God in the omnipresence of all his wisdom and knowledge. He said it's not good for man to live alone. It's not good to live single, in other words. So he said he created us women, that little holler about you don't need a man. He created us. To be connected with a mate. So this is my thought process. That's why I say the meaning of mature thoughts. If God knew from everything he created before he even got down to making us from Adam's rib, he had to know it's not good to be alone. He had to know two are better than one. Now, the laws of the land has changed over time. It used to be that in order to be married, all you had to do was be intimate. Oh, God, help me today. That's what consequences married women. That's what consecrated married concubines. When the spirit, when a man used to sleep with a woman, he had many wives, but some was called wives and some was called concubines. Now, let me tell you the difference between the two. Biblically, the woman that they slept with that was considered a concubine, either because she could birth babies when the wife could not, and she was the caregiver of the husband and the children. She did 
the maid do this. When I just said the three things that Alfreda not going to execute in the next marriage, the maid, the mama, and the monkey. Now, many of you may be familiar with what the maid mean and even what the mama mean. But, but, but when I say that to people one-on-one, they say, well, what's the monkey? <laughs> got the maid and the mama, but what's the monkey? Well, I enlighten you. And these are my personal terminologies that were given to me to say. I didn't hear anybody else nowhere in the world say them. And I've heard a lot of people talk. And that's how the Holy Spirit lets me know when people pick out and take and run with a copycat or whatever or repeat things because I've never heard them in my entire life. But when the Holy Spirit gives them to me, trust me when I tell you this, nobody can have a conversation with me and repeat anything that I've said and I don't recognize and realize the Holy Spirit gave it to me. I'm just saying in my personal conversations, one-on-one with people, sometimes I hear them repeat stuff and they'll take credit for it. And I already know before the Holy Spirit provided that for me to know, then I never heard them people even use that phrase before. So anyway, it just tells me something about that person's spirit. It that don't mean the Holy Spirit cannot share with you the same thing he shares with me. So don't, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But there are certain little little personalized phrases and quotes that many people have written over the years that nobody else was given that revelatory interpretation. So the maid, the monkey, and the mama. The maid is a man that's looking for me just to keep keep house, just to wash clothes, just to cook, because he don't know how to cook, he don't know how to clean, and, and he don't know how to wash clothes. And there are certain relationships that I've dealt with that I know uh, certain men did not have those attributes to do, so they look for it through me. And then the mama is when you expect a woman to a, a person to forgive you and 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 I can flip the script for men they they looking for a dad uh 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 a doer and 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 and, and a dummy I'm just saying because this is how women and this this what the holy spirit given to me a dad a doer and a dummy what does that mean? Well, as the Holy Spirit just dropping this in my spirit, and I'm going to take it and move forward using it. The dad is because they didn't have a father figure. So they're looking for a man to fulfill that void. And sometimes women will do it through older men that they date. And sometimes they'll do it with guys who carry this deep authority to mandate what they should rule over them. And 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 what did I say? The dad... Um, see, I don't forget, but I'm freestyling, so I have to go back and listen to it. And and the dad, the doer, that's thank you, Holy Spirit, the doer. These are women who have men in their lives with to-do lists that they don't know how to do nothing. They need a man to pump their gas, uh, uh, co-clean the gutters, uh, do the yards. I mean, keep the car washed keep the car fixed. They're doers. And they, they give them what these call to-do lists, honey-do lists. And, and then the dummy is those dudes that will women just get with you just for your money. They don't want you for nothing else because you can't fulfill them sexually. I'm just saying, hello. You can't maintain a to-do list because you don't know how to do the things on the do list. So wake up, dum-dum, the dodo. That means they don't want you for nothing but your dollars. I'm just saying, hello. <laughs> have to go back and listen to this and make me some notes myself. But this is how the Holy Spirit moves upon me in the course of a conversation. And that's why sometimes as the Spirit moves, it may be a little longer than I get on here. I might not want to be on here but five minutes. But once I get on here, the Holy Spirit begins to continue to flow and minister to me. This is why in the introduction of all my podcasts, I'd say what the Spirit has to say for today. Because it's not me or myself. But back to the maid, the mama, and the monkey. We all know that if a man has been nurtured by his mother, and it's very common, let me let me say very common, there's always an exception, 
to baby boys. Baby boys are generally nurtured more by their mother. And what happens with baby boys, mothers mostly overlook them, their faults. Let me put it that way. Their faults more so than all their other children. And what ends up happening, that mother's spirit in that baby boy, and it could be in any of her sons, what ends up generally happening, they will mate with a woman that they expect the same personality. They expect you to forgive them from all of their wrongdoings, all of their wrong actions, because that's what mama did. So they can go out and cheat and cheat and cheat and over and over and over because mama will forgive them for all them different women. But 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 when you connect with a woman that you expect to be your wife or your woman, that's not your mama. But they will carry the same expectations in their spirit because they'll say, well, you know, my mama forgive me. My mama still talk to me. My mama still love me. My mama still help me. So they have those same spirits. Thought process with any woman. It ain't, it's not personal. So if you ever meet a man and he tell you, baby, it's not you. Believe him. Baby, it's not you. And sometimes men don't know how to express that it's because my mama allowed me to get by with everything and still show me love. Why can't you? You got to remember, men don't think like women. I'm just saying. And and we don't think like men in many cases. But if you ever think like a man, you will find yourself more mature in that relationship with that man than you would trying to think like a woman, even though that's what we are. I'm just keeping it 1,000. Because they carry a different thought process. Oftentimes, we have thoughts based on our what? Our emotions. Our feelings. Men generally carry thought process of what's real and what's reality. And that's the way the systematic system, even back in the days of what they call holistic, which is now we're moving in that dispensation right now here in the U.S. of A. What holistic mean back in the Greek days? It was a formulation when all these diverse cultures infiltrated into one area. If y'all notice into one country, that's what's going on in the U.S. of A. right now. So they 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 named it Hella because it was so but the holistic part came because it became colonized to be that way. Just like you added at the end of certain centers like uh Chicago Knights or New York Knights, you know what I'm saying? Uh uh Floridians. Well, so they call it Hellenistic. That was a time in dispensation over in Greece when there was just a fluctuation. But they brought this fluctuation because they wanted to do some cultural mix. This is why the Holy Spirit said to me, there are no new spirits under the sun, people. There are no new spirits under the sun. Even the spirits that's rampant of these young kids hurting, murdering, killing. Trust me, that occurred back in the B.C.s before Christ in the Bible. Most of the rulers and leaders and emperors that was at war and warring and killing and fighting one another, they were young. They were boys. So this spirit is not new. It's just in a new dispensation of era and time, but it's not a new spirit is what I'm saying. And so I I don't want to get too historical in my teaching because I can go there if the spirit leads me there. But what I want to stick with is being mature to manage your thoughts for marriage. Now to the monkey part. Ding, ding, ding. I know y'all waiting on it. (laughs) You got the maid and the mama. Now the monkey is, you know, I always envision this little monkey that the man would take around with him to the carnivals and he would dress him up, put him on the little hat with the little gold and he have the little vest with the gold trimming and the monkey would have these different entertainment acts that the monkey would do. It can run up the pole, it can come down the pole, it can spin around, it can jump around, it can flip over, it can clap back and you know all these little things to keep the audience engaged. 
So when we get in these relationships, oh, I know somebody grabbing it now. Oftentimes, some men just only get with us because, you know, we can clap a twerk, a jerk, uh, run up a pole and spin around and flip it down and come back and split and all this stuff like a monkey. And this is the only reason that they will entertain some women. That's why you got many, 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 many men that cheat. And I mean, some of them cheat and they cheat respectfully. And some of them cheat, but they cheat very disrespectful. And let me tell you, when people hear me say certain things, they don't get why I'm saying it. But then God keep having me to bring it back. This is why if you got a nasty house, hello. If you don't have a forgiving quality like a man mama, and you don't give him no monkey like a monkey, I'm just saying to entertain, you can rest assured he going to cheat, but he going to cheat disrespectfully. I'm just saying. That's the men that go get them a whole girlfriend and what people can say nowadays. Because those men need that made the mama and the monkey. Now, if you don't have all three qualities, you at least need to have one. And he might kind of give you a little respect while he cheat. And that's what happened with me. Because I used to be all three. Now, all my, both of my husbands cheated, but they cheated respectfully. What that means, they'll take you way out of town. You can't call them after they get home. They ain't going to talk to you. There are certain men who do value that woman qualities of being the maid, the mama, and the monkey. That they ain't trying to, they ain't trying to lose that. And and I'm a firm believer, if you got a nasty house, there is not a king that ever sat on a throne in the whole world that wants to sit in a nasty palace. I'm just saying, people need to take some of that queen stuff off of their head. They crown is already not, they crown ain't never been put on when people say, stray my crown. You first need to earn your crown. Hello, I'm just saying. A crown comes through earning. It's not just because it, you got to earn it or it has to be legendary. That means passed down. That's because your mama done passed down. Keep the house clean. Your mama done passed down the legacy of your lintage for you to get that crown or your daddy. Otherwise, you have to go through the process to be a queen. Read the book of Esther. Esther went through a 12-month process. And you have women that think when these men show up in your life, they supposed to give you all their heart, mind, body, and soul while they sit on a nasty palace. You got an unforgiving spirit, so you ain't like the mama. And you can't turn no flips and do no splits like a monkey. Wake up and smell the coffee and the bacon. Because both of them will make you open your eyes, okay? In the mornings, if you coming out the kitchen. (laughs) But back to why I want you to understand rule number one. Believe. Half of what you see. Because if you see your man in the wrong, it may not look like what you think. Or vice versa, men. If you see your woman in the wrong situation, it may not be what you looking at. Believe none of what you hear that somebody bring to your ear and put in it. A lot of women are not married and never committed to be married because they was too caught up in gossip. You can buy tell. Let me tell you, I'm telling you, pay attention. The world will show you. Trust me when I tell you the world is nothing but a big classroom. That's my other God spiritual given philosophy. God gave me that. I never heard it before I said it. So the Lord gave me the world is a big classroom. And it would definitely teach you. Listen to me. Most women who have never, ever, ever been married. Trust me. If you track back to their younger years. From being little children, growing up, they were probably gossipers. They talked bad about everybody. Listen, I'm telling you, just think about anybody you know in or out your family that has never been married. 
I can pretty much tell you 95%. I'm not going to say the whole percent. They are the biggest gossipers in the family. They can tell, take and tell, take and tell, take and tell everybody business because that's where they spend most of their mindset. What somebody said about them, how they interact with people when they say stuff about them, and what they turn around and do is they go talk about them. I'm just saying. Those are women who basically are not married. It's an exception. Now, you may have some family members that find somebody that, that that's a dad, uh, a doer, and a dumb dog that can get them to marry them. But real men, they won't commit to them. I'm just telling you. Real men that sit down and hear a woman don't do nothing but gossip about her family, gossip about other folks. A real man, he ain't trying to marry that. A real man, if you not carrying any attributes from a maid, a mama, and a monkey, they ain't trying to marry that. And you don't know how to manage money on top of it. Oh, you really, you, uh-uh. They will lay with you and play with you. Hello. So when you talk about committing to marriage, this is what I think many people mismanage their emotions. They're always looking for a comparison. If you want to sit down and compare yourself to whatever woman that man had before you, you definitely not marriage material to commit to. And I said that to a young lady last night. I said, that's one thing I'm not going to do. If a man sit down and talk to me about his past relationship, first of all, they better have a moral to the message. If they don't have a moral to the message, we don't need to discuss her because you're not with her anymore. We need to discuss what type of man you are to me. What kind of man you are to me. I remember telling my second husband, he started dating this chick, right? And she lived on the property that I managed. How low can you go? I know. But when she talked to me after I walked, this one number God, though, I'm coming out of Walmart. And how do, at the same time, him and her, and this is what, okay, the dumb dumb part was, you let her park her car next to your car when you know I'm coming to the Walmart to meet you. That's why I say some stuff, y'all hear me talk about, trust me, that that was a person that manipulate, conniving, and they used to set me up. They used to set, so I'm going to tell y'all, sometimes it's like sleeping with the enemy. People will set you up to try to prove to other people they can make you look bad. I'm telling you, as a woman, don't fall for it. But see, I carry my composure. He leaned over to purposely kiss her. And she said after, you know, he pulled off and jumped off and ran off. She said, I said, that's your wife coming out the back of Walmart by automotive. Because she said, you know, I used to wear the micro braids with the with the, uh, the crinkly hair. And she said, I knew from your ponytail. I said, that's your wife coming out. And he still leaned over to kiss me. I said, wow. Well, he liked that. He, he need deliverance. And I told him that. So I'm not talking and saying nothing I ain't told him. He need deliverance. Because I had realized by that time, many people need deliverance. And when they say it's not you, believe that. It's not you. It's them needing deliverance. So when we talk about marriage, that's what a lot of people need is self-deliverance. They need deliverance to not be fearful. A lot of people are fearful to commit. They won't commit. And you have to watch them spirits. It's not just about not committing to a marriage. You have to watch them when they commit to a job. Have they ever worked the same job for 20 years? Would they commit to stability? Have they ever lived in one place? You know, all these things are commitment. Now, I'm not just going to say because some people stay where they are because they still afraid to move. They, 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 stay, they stay in a neighborhood used to be nice and it turned nasty and they still won't move because they is still locked in that fear. They fear change. Oh God, thank you to Holy Spirit. That's what it is. They fear change. 
And if you watch certain people's spirits, they never change. They never showed you love and they never changed to learn how to love you. They never said, well, you know what? I did wrong and please forgive me. But it's more to it than just asking somebody to forgive you for the wrong they've done. Now it's time to show me that you love me when you say that you love me. Because otherwise, it's just like my granddaddy said, you're just making your mouth say anything. You're not showing me love. So don't tell me you love me if you can't show me you love me. I'd rather for you to show me and never tell me. And I figure out you love me by how you show me. But there are people that I've came to realize and recognize they don't know how to love. They don't know how to love themselves. Because the first, second rule, when you learn how to love yourself, you will begin to execute changes. That's the second rule. Not how to change somebody else, but how to make yourself a better human being. How can you do that? Well, if you always been a busybody and a naysayer, I always say that's the place to start from. Stop getting on your hello phone and gossiping about everybody. Because trust me, gossip always goes around. Gossip never stays in one ear. Because the people that you talk to, that's why you got to believe half of What you see and none of what you hear because it's third party. Trust me when I tell you, I have talked one-on-one to a person. Listen, you got to grab this. This is important. And I could say, I walked across the street to the store and I stopped by Burger King. And then I left from there and I went to Wendy's. And then I left from there and I went to McDonald's. If I ask that one person, that I'm talking to, to, can they tell me they're going to get something out of order? They're going to get something, uh, perception, and their thought process, what they thought I said. They may say, yeah, I remember you say you bought a hamburger. No, I did not say I bought a hamburger. I didn't say I bought anything. But this is the way people think. If I said I went to Burger King, Wendy's, and McDonald's, they assumed I bought something. That's why you got to turn into a word person. I never once said I even entered the building. But they'll sit, people will sit, and they will argue with you. Well, you did tell me you went to Burger King. I did. So I thought you got something to eat. No, that's not what I said. And this is how you can determine other levels of maturity in people. Because you can talk directly to them and tell them exact instructions, but they're going to add something to it. I'm just saying hello. And they're going to tell you what they thought you said. That's why I tell people, I know what I say. Because I'm a word person. And I know what I hear when I'm speaking one-on-one. But when I'm relaying something somebody else said, I try to always note that to the hearer. Somebody told me, because I don't name names. Somebody told me, so I'm repeating something that's third party. That means you don't have to defend yourself to me. I'm only sharing what I heard. It It don't call for no defense or no explanation. Some people that tell me stuff they heard, I say, oh, yeah, really? And I let that be that. I don't have to defend me. I don't. Only time I might get vexed in my spirit is when somebody talking to me directly and trying to tell me something I said when I know I didn't say it. But when somebody tell me something they heard, oh, I already know. It's going to probably come, I don't know, with the Y2C. So that's number two. What we have to pay attention to. And number three, know that you never have to fear marriage because you connected with a lying person. (laughs) Most people tell lies before they get married. Now, that has always perplexed me. When I met women say, oh, I'm not going to marry him because he tell too many lies. Well, everybody, until they deliver, tell lies. Everybody. Lies come in different shapes, forms, and fashions. But to a certain degree, everybody tell a lie. 
at some point, place, and time. It may be a false compliment. It may be the way you feeling. Some people say, well, how are you today? And people say, oh, I'm fine. But they're not. that, And they know they're not. So that's a lie. I'm just saying. Now, me, if I'm not feeling well, I may say, well, I'm going to speak those things that are not. I'm not my best, but I'm going to speak that I'm fantastic. But outside of that, people lie. And if you think that a lying person should segregate you from a commitment to God. Now, let me just duck to you real quick because I'm getting ready to put a pen in the podcast because the Holy Spirit is saying bring it to a, to a closure. God honors marriage. A lot of people got married because the scripture gave instructions. It's better to marry than to burn. And that is true. But my thing nowadays is it's better to be equally yoked and marry than to burn. See, they left that part off. So a lot of people in the uh, Pentecostal community, Baptist community, Catholic, in a lot of places, when you commit sexual intimacy, that is determined as a sin. Sexual intimacy is determined as a sin before God. If you do it, and you don't have a marriage certificate, okay? That's And this is why I say people lie. You lie to yourself. If you're consciously shacking, that means you're constantly aware You, if, you, if you're a God believer. Let me throw this in there. If you're a God believer and you are constantly committing acts of sexual intimacy without a marriage certificate and to the person who named on the marriage certificate, you are well aware you are committing a religious sin. I mean, whatever denomination you under, they all, all righteous religious, let me throw this, all righteous religious, get this now, all righteous religious, they all teach that. So if you are God believer and you say you love God, you believe in God and all this stuff, you are consciously aware that that's a sin, but yet you still do it year after year after year after year. And what most people start doing is lying to their own self and say, it's not really bad because I'm with the same person. I'm not really doing wrong. They start trying to justify their sins. That means you're lying to you. I'm just saying, hello, you're lying to you. And so I'm back to the point. If you afraid to hear lies from other people and this why you won't marry them. I remember one lady told me she didn't marry because she didn't want to abide by the vows. She said she was not going to say no words that says, to honor, respect, obey, and do what the man tell them to do. She said she wasn't going to do that. But that, again, goes back to a lack of knowledge. When you carry the right spirit and you marry your divine mate or you marry a person that does not treat you like, like that, that should not be a reason to have a fear and phobia to be married because you exchange those vows equally. Anybody ever been to a wedding? They ask at traditional vows at the courthouse and at the church house. Traditional vows is 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 exchange what that man that woman says to that man that man says to her. So make it match and make it make sense. That should not give you a phobia to not make the commitment. And we're back to the commitment. When you look at a commitment, let me tell you some quick ways to look at a committed person. And this one put a pin. When you look at marrying somebody. You want to look at the commitment of other things already in their life. Are they committed to paying their bills and paying them on time? Hello? Are they committed to raising their children? And I don't mean just because they in the house with them. Are they committed to make sure their children eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Hello? Are they committed to get up and go to work? And sometimes they may not feel like it. They may have a slight headache, but they take a pill and keep rolling. Are they committed to not only going to work, but being to work on time? These are the indicators that people are marriage material. 
But oftentimes when you find people who don't live by a schedule, what I call a schedule, then they carry not a commitment to be with anybody. I'm just saying. They always got excuses for everything that don't get done on the do list. And it's up to each person as an individual. I say it boils down to two simplicities. Accept or reject. Accept or reject. If you know you're connected with a mate and they don't want to make commitment, then get to that place to accept that. Accept it. And stop walking around or running around, murmuring, complaining, and and bending other people's ears about a man that you can sit back. And, and, And if you can't figure him out, maybe you need to start with yourself.